Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Stable Mail. Kerry Parker, what a superstar trainer he is. He's got a couple of stable stars, including Hope in Your Heart, who is the favourite now for the Epsom, which is the Group 1 handicap over the 1,600 metres on Saturday. And Kerry joins us now. Good morning, Kerry. Thanks for your time. No, no worries at all, Gareth. Good uh, job. How is Hope in Your Heart? Geez, you must have been over the moon with her first up effort. Oh, yeah, absolutely terrific. Um, you know, race sort of, race tempo went against her, which is always a concern with those back markers, you know, um, uh, but no, ran out of her skin, you know, just, just kept finding the line. You see when she got a little bit of daylight, um, you know, she sort of went from seventh to third and two strides, you know, like she's, uh, she's a determined little bugger. So she's second up to the mile. Do you think the mile, what's her best trip in your eyes? Uh, I think she'll run further than a mile, yep. um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, a mile's perfect for her, especially at Randwick on a big track, you know. Yeah, and happy happy with the yeah. gate there with her, with Craig Williams aboard? Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Um, you know, you sort of didn't want to draw in too close with her. Um, uh, yeah, you can sort of get bottled up in there with her not having a lot of uh, early tempo and um, uh, also, you know, in the Doncaster, we drew the outside, so... Uh, it's, it's either either, I suppose, but landing in the middle is perfect. And she looks like she's come back a better mare as well. Yeah, I think so. She's uh, now looks like a mare where before she was probably still, you know, on the light side and looked more like a filly. Um, but she's strengthened up really well with the spell and everything. And uh, she's come back terrific. She's in good order and uh, look, looks great. So looking forward to the challenge on Saturday. All right, mate. You've got a couple of chances in the first race as well. You've got just Sandy down the bottom, who I thought was okay the other day, and also Single Crown, who is a consistent galloper. But this is tougher, of course. Your thoughts about their chances? Yeah, I think they're both sort of blowout horses. You know, they're, they're, they're both very genuine. Uh, they're very genuine. They get in with good barriers, good jocks, lightweights. Uh, both of them get in sort of under your 54 mark, you know, so... Uh, and like I say, they're both very genuine. You'd be boxing them up in the first four, and uh, you know, let's let's hope there's a bit of value there in them. But uh, they're, they're the blowout horses in the race. And how's your superstar mate back at home? Is he getting ready for a King Charles? Yeah, really happy with him. He's uh, he's ticking over really nice. He's actually enjoyed the the back off week. Um, he's he's nice and well at the moment. Uh, but he'll have a uh, a trial at Rose Hill next Tuesday just to tick him over and. Um, uh, head towards that King Charles. Yeah, and you must have been over the moon really after what he did there at his previous start to win that to win that big race and to get over Saki um, to to get thinking over back to his to his, to like to his best and winning form must have been extra satisfying. Oh, very much so. That was that, that was the thrill of it. You know, like to um to yeah, his his first couple of runs, you, you knew he was back and he was on target. He was racing really well. Uh, and, I, and I was just thinking, I just really need to win one along the way here to um, make all this worthwhile. You know, like uh, you can get them back and they can be racing well and, and be finishing in the prize money and doing a, a great job. But, you know, to win one was, uh, yeah, just a feather in the cap. That was just super, you know, uh, great result with him. I can sort of sit back and just enjoy the rest of the carnival with him now. And hopefully there's more to come. Yeah, that was the seven stakes. Hopefully you can win a group one with uh, hope in your heart tomorrow for the carnival and the Epsom. Thanks for your time, Kerry. No worries at all, mate. Good luck and good punning. Yeah, there's, there's Kerry Parker. What a star he is. Talking about superstars. Queensland's best trainer, Tony Golan, joins us here on Giddy Up. Tony, good morning. Hey, Gareth. How are you, mate? I am well, mate. Sue Style in the Moyer. Smallish field. Um, gets a nice gate. Oliver rides. Are you happy with him? 
Yeah, I'm really happy with him. He's improved um, nicely three weeks into, into the run. We're not we're realistic. We know that he has to. There's it's obviously a small but quality field as always these races. But the wedge of hope of the top four finish if he can race like that, we'll be pleased and we can find some easier assignments after this. Imperatrice here is the one to beat, but putting your Queensland hand um, hat on outside of Imperatrice is rough fire or uncommon James a bigger danger to you? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. He's got good form, you know, rough fire, but you know, whether whether that's where he's at now, whether that's at a thousand or he wants that little bit further, I'm not sure. I just thought, you know, second up in this race last year, he probably wasn't as sharp as he was first up. So maybe uncommon James fresh, but look it's just a, it's a hell of a good race, there's many chances. How's Skirt the Law, mate? She goes around in uh, the Phillies race and um, she heads to the valley. Your thoughts about her chances? Yeah, she's really good. I thought she was a touch plane up the straight, got herself a little bit lost there. She got worked up going down to the barriers as well, which is really unlike her. She appeared to have trained on really well since and her recovery, everything from her work to, they indicate she's right up to the mark now. So I'm pretty happy with her. I think Mooney Valley will suit her better. Track that's always got that little bit of cut in it. And I expect her, you'll see her bounce back to her best, which will be something similar or better than what she was at, at Caulfield first up. Can you put a, can you put, can you put it down to anything? Why she was a bit like she was there at Flemington the other day? She was the four weeks between runs, which we've done previously back here with her, although in a slightly different sort of system. So, look, maybe it's just the first time away. Obviously, the straight. I mean, that's a big unknown. Whenever you send a horse up the straight for the first time, you never know how they're going to react, you know, cantering down to the gates and even, even when the race is on. For me, she just looked quite lost. So, yeah. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a couple of different factors there. Her recovery is a smidgen higher on the Tuesday going into it. Who knows? But I'm really pleased with her now. She seems up to the mark. And I think the 13-day turnaround into this, and particularly that surface at Mooney Valley, it was a good three at Flemington that day. I'm not so sure she's as good on the really firm track as what she is when she gets her toe into the ground of touch. All right, then. So it's exciting to see what she can do at the Valley there on Friday night. What about Antino? How he's, how, how's he ticking over there um, at Flemington? Yeah, he's terrific. He, um, he did some work there Saturday morning. We're very pleased with him. He, he's worked around the grass there again this morning. So he's, he's rounded his, his week out well. He's, he's improved nicely. He's a bit like the Phillies, his first time away and out of his own, you know, normal routine, what he has back here in Brisbane. So he's a touch out of his comfort zone. But he's coming on all the time. His coat's improved. His muscle tone's improved. And he's found, you know, he really has found the right sort of race to be very hard to beat on Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do there on Sunday. And then, obviously, is he is he still heading towards a Turak if he performs well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't. I don't think he lost too many admirers. No. You know, fresh up at Flemington, uh, he was he was as good as anything really on the day without winning. So if he can, you know, get the right sort of run on on Sunday in that small field from where he's drawn, and he can make a bit of a statement. I think second up to fifteen hundred's ideal, and then third up to the mile is. Is exactly how I wanted the preparation. Yeah, looking forward to that clash with Amelia's jewel, I think, in the Turak. So um, hopefully, like, if if Amelia's jewel's been going as hard as Simon Miller, then she'll be tied by the time the Turak arrives. But I think, she, <laughs> I, I think she's getting better looked after at Flemington. She's been a bit more disciplined. <laughs> I'd probably go along with that, yeah. with that sentiment. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say she'd be a fair bit fresher yeah. than I'd imagine going into that, into that race. But, no, nah, look, it's going to be an exciting clash. But, look, for us, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. No. We've, got Sunday to, we've got Sunday to worry about first. And I just hope that we can see that improvement that, that we're seeing back at the stables. If we can see that on Sunday... At Sandown, then it's certainly going to be an exciting race a couple of weeks later. Insta Good looks tough to beat in that third race there at Eagle Farm Saturday. 
and you keep getting a nice price about her. She arguably should nearly be unbeaten at the 1,200 suits her. And, yeah, I think she's going terrific. So she's a filly we sort of earmarked for our summer carnival up here. This will be a last run before a short little break. But she's, um, she's going really well. Coco, not so intensing. Both excellent chances according to the market in that um, Class 3. Yeah, Kokonotsu has really developed himself into a bit of a winner. I think he's really becoming the full package now. I'm very happy with him. The other horse has just got to get a few things to go his way. He's been very luckless since I've had him. He can race well, but I think Kokonotsu is the one they've all got to beat there. Geez, Amara didn't have much luck the other day. It's in great winning form. Can he continue on his merry way, this son of deep field? Yeah, absolutely. He's a real lovely, mature horse now. He looks beautiful and... The race sets up well for him. There's good speed. He'll just sit off that speed and be strong late, which Eagle Farm does tend to play to. So no no excuse with the moral. He's in good order. And Sarastro goes around in the final event. Another one of your horses in dominant form at the moment. Yeah, look, he's, he's a bit like Antino. I think he saved the, the best for last in Sarastro. He's got good form. He beat all that pizzazz. He won the Wheatwood last week. And he loves Eagle Farm, loves 1,200. He's drawn low with our premier rider on. So... He looks to get a lovely run. He's, he's trained on beautifully. He's nice and fit, and he's in a good place. So whatever you know, whatever can beat him it will be the winner, I'm sure. He's a, he's a really nice horse going somewhere. It could be a weekend for the Queenslanders to remember. You could win the Group 1 more. You've got three strong chances there on a Friday night. Um, then the, the Brisbane Lions, the Mighty Lions, will be defeating Collingwood on a Saturday afternoon. The Broncos defeat Penrith. Um, and then, of course, Antino gets the job done on a Sunday tone. Are you a Broncos man? Mate, I am, mate. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Queensland man first and foremost. Yes. But, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to the Broncos. I'm, I went there last Saturday night straight after the former meetings and watched them um, absolutely dismantle the Warriors. So I think they're, they're a team in great form. They're obviously a really good bunch of young guys that, that get along so well and they're, they're playing accordingly. So it's a pretty exciting weekend for Brisbane to have two teams yeah. in both the AFL and the NRL grand finals. It's, it's really good for the state and great for the for the city of Brisbane. And I think the best part about those two football sides is that I know the, the, the Brisbane Broncos, a few of their players, Adam Reynolds and the like, they love their races. And the Brisbane Lions, um, I think in my time with the AFL clubs, I think they're definitely the most um, passionate racing football club. Like Darcy Gardner loves his racing. Zorko loves his racing. I mean, Kenneth's a, his old man trains horses in Ireland. So... Um, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they do. The boys they, love it. Yeah. yeah, they love their racing. Some of the lines, boy, Darcy Gardner is a, he's a great guy. So, no, there's a bunch of fellas there. I know young Charlie Cameron as well. He, he likes to bet. So, yep. no, they're, 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 they're a good bunch of young blokes. And yeah, the Broncos boys, will they get out to, to Eagle Farm or Doom and whenever that, they're, whenever their sort of yeah. um, situation allows, depends when they play, etc. And they're always a big hit when they get to the races. So, no, both teams they're good. They're good racing teams, but it's just a great, great story to have them both in the finals and. I certainly wish them all the best of luck, as does all Queensland and all Brisbane, I'm sure. Yeah, go the go the Lions and the Broncos and, and go T Golan. We appreciate your time, mate, and good luck over the weekend in all aspects of sport. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers, yeah, mate. There's Tony oh. Golan there, 16 minutes past eight. Let's take a break. This is Giddy Up Stable Mail. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you on this Thursday morning. And what a weekend it is. We've got the AFL Grand Final Saturday, the NRL Grand Final on Sunday night. Group one day in Sydney, it's Epsom Day. And then, of course, we've got a terrific meeting at the Valley tomorrow night. And one of the superstars of the weekend 
will be the galloper that has just taken this sport by storm, especially over the last six to seven months. He won the Stradbroke in brilliant fashion. He's a five-year-old that's had the 10 starts for nine wins. He's got a slot in the Everest, and he'll be competing for the first time this preparation in the Premier Stakes, where he's been heavily supported in the markets, especially with Bet365. I speak about Think About It, and his superstar trainer, Joe Pride, joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Joe. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Um, he's only had the 10 starts and he's a five-year-old. How much improvement, dare I say, have you seen in him this preparation? Yeah, it's a hard thing to measure, isn't it? Um, trials are a good, normally a good indicator. I would have to say he's big kick there. And um, he just physically he's come on again. Uh, and you expect that. While he's five, he is obviously a very late mature. And, um, you know, these uh, horses don't. You get your exceptions. You could two-year-olds, but most, most good horses, well, sorry, most horses that take a bit of time won't get to their physical peak until, you know, maybe six or seven. So um, if they're left alone and haven't done too much racing, you see them improve right through to that age. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting a, a, a better version of, of Think About It, which is, um, which is exciting. Yeah, and you've got Private Eye, and Private Eye is one of the most fascinating horses, and you've spoken about this throughout his career, that he can change his mindset from time to time, but you've been able to get him to a mile and then be really competitive over the, sh- over the shorter trips. This fellow being by, so you think, what do you think his best trip, if you, if you had the, the one race to, to prepare him for in a perfect world over, over a distance, what would that be? I, I just don't have enough information to answer yeah. that question. It's, it's one of those things. That we, we just haven't tried him out over further. And it's, it hasn't been from any reluctance or, or fear of him not getting any particular distance. It's been a programming issue where the Stradbroke was the, the race I identified for him that I wanted to aim him for because it was the richest race that I could sort of think of, if that sounds, <laughs> makes any sense. Um, and for that reason, he's never gone beyond 1,400 metres, but he was very strong at 14, uh, so you'd think he'd run a mile, no problems. Um, whether he's going to get beyond that, we'll probably, probably get the answer to that in the order, but we won't be getting it this spring. Yeah, and the Premier Stakes on Saturday, he's first up and he's been heavily supported. He gets a low gate. Um, what do you make of his chances against some of these horses that have had a run? Well, you know, I love sort of look at the market and the market tells us a lot. And I don't set markets. We're yeah. all, I'm a horse trainer. I prepare horses. But the market tells me that, you know, Hawaii 5 O's amongst the chances is a horse we gave a, a good whack of weight to in the Stradbroke and, and beat him quite easily. Um uh, Bella Nipatina, while she's been a very consistent mare, I think she's a mare who probably needs sting out to do her best. Got a little bit of rain overnight, but I don't think it'll be it'll be wet. And she's had 39 starts. Wouldn't think she's getting any better. I, th- I think I found the right race for him to resume him, um, and he's he's going to have to perform very well to then be considered an Everest hope. And I was having a good look at uh, I wish I wins form last night. And, you know, realistically. And punters have got a funny way of looking at things. Well, they haven't got a funny way of looking at things, but there's two ways of looking at things, isn't it? You can go for established form, which I wish Owen clearly has. He's performed at a level that, think about it, um, hopefully we'll get to, but he hasn't got to yet. Um, and you know, my horse's favourite, and I understand why. He's had, you know, won his last seven, but he needs to get to another level, this preparation. There's no doubt about that. What he's done in the past, I don't think he'll win him in Everest. Um, but I've got good reason to think he's going to get be better this time around. How much, how much in your eyes that you see at home? I know he's got a ceiling that you can't really, you can't really tell how far he'll go. This horse, but private eye, like he was when you. I watched that replay again last night. I, I don't want to remind you, Joe, but he had that Everest all parcelled up. Yeah, yeah, no, he was uh, he was great. You know, he raced really well in the van. I think he 
as much as anything, he got ambushed on the day, and I don't think he saw that horse. I don't think he saw Giga Kick coming. He didn't have time to react no. to it. I'm not saying he should have beaten Giga Kick, but um, it was one of those ones where I think he set, and when you watch the race, I think he eyes off Nature Strip. And horses aren't, the horses know what they're doing. They're you know, the good ones. And he chased down Nature Strip. He had him in his sights and he chased him down. And he, I think once, he, once he'd done that, he idled down a little bit, which, which he can do. Um, and then, you know, ambushed late by a swooper. So um, he, he's, he's the one I've, I'm probably the most confident about because he's been there and done it. Um, but also very excited at the prospect of what think about it could do. And he could get to a, uh, an even greater height. So um, great position to be in. Don't, I don't take it lightly. A lot of pressure comes attached with it. And the team and I are working really hard and we just want to keep everything on track. But I'm very fortunate for a small stable uh, lot. Mine. I say it's a small stable. You know, we have between 50 and 60 horses in work to be in a position where we've got, you know, two, two Everest. Um, not just hopefuls, very good chances. Yeah, you've done a wonderful job and your strike rate speaks for itself. And the way that you're preparing a thoroughbred, you could probably prepare an athlete. And that, asks, that um, um, poses the question, Surely Russell Crowe's given you a call to sort out these rabbitos <laughs> with their chemistry and their character. Wow. If they could, if they could have the audacity. Like, and I think a few of the players might have a mindset a little bit like Private Eye that you have to work out from time to time to see what, what planet they're on. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a couple of chameleons within yeah. that team, isn't there? Which is what I've described Private Eye. <laughs> yes. so I think uh, I think though. Um, I think getting in the mind of a uh, <laughs> of a thoroughbred might be a little bit easier than getting in the mind of a rugby league player. I think they've got a few more distractions. Like I don't have to have a chat to Private Eye about uh, about his girlfriend or no. uh, or problems he's got with his mother-in-law. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think a few of the people there, the Rabbitohs, would wish they could gout a few of those players as well. But um, what if, what about um, <laughs> what about um, who wins the Broncos or the Pen or the Panthers? We just had Tony Golan on, who's a big Broncos fan. Which way would you be leading? Was he confident? Yeah, he was pretty confident. I think the Broncos are confident that they can get the job done. Yeah. But I, I watched the Panthers last week, and I know the Storm have probably come towards the back end of their run again, but um, they're hard to beat, those Panthers. Young young team with great belief, and I think it's right, that stat I heard there during the week, the Panthers have, in their last 74 games when they've led at halftime, they've won 73 of them. So it's pretty obvious what Brisbane have to do. They have to start on fire. And just throw everything at that first twenty minutes, try and upset Penrith. But you know that's easier said than done. Um, oh, look, I, I haven't got a vested interest in it either way. Um, I actually grew up uh, part of my life in Penrith, went to school there. But I'm not a not a mad Penrith fan. But I, I just want to see a good game of footy. It's the last one we get to see of the year, so yeah. <laughs> what about at Wong today? Do you ever win it for us? Um, got three runners, and uh, I think Laser Beam will improve. Wilma Wombat hasn't done much, um, as the name would suggest. Uh, and Ricky the Steamboat is actually not a bad little horse. He, yep. he, it's only his first start, but he'll, he'll get back and run home. Oh, that's... No, nothing too exciting. Nothing as exciting as what's going to happen on Saturday. All right, mate. You, yeah, you go and get them with Think About It. Can't wait to see you back at the races and at Premier Stakes. We appreciate your time, Joe. My pleasure. Thank you. Let's head to Sydney to catch up with Tassie trainer John Keyes because the inevitable is a big chance in the Epsom. His run the other day, first up in Sydney, was, I think, the run of the race. And you are getting a big prize for the little star. And he's some horse with some story to tell. And John Keyes joins us now. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, buddy. Um, how have you enjoyed the experience trading this little fellow ahead of one of Sydney's biggest races? To be quite honest, um, up until probably today, I haven't enjoyed it very much at all because when I got here, I didn't have a know who the vet was. I didn't know who the farrier was. I didn't know who the transport was. 
But I finally sort of tracked all that down and got things in place. Uh, yeah, um, we raced one at uh, Rose Hill yesterday, and I said, that was me practice run. I'm, <laughs> I'm probably a bit out of me depth, I feel, but I'm sure my horse is not. And how is your horse, mate? Um, he's bubbling. He really is. We, we give him a little gallop. Um, I've got Dave Perez with me, and he knows him inside out, of course. And, uh, yeah, we give him a little bowl or we'll gallop up the hill on um, Tuesday. Um, yeah, a bit of slogging work yesterday, I think it was. I don't know what day it is. Um, and, yeah, so we'll probably will. Oh, we just went and set up a few little jumps. We're going to do that tomorrow. So. Yeah. Um, he's fine. He's, uh, he's a really happy horse. So he he was so good in an all-star mile. And before that, he dominated all of Tassie's big races, the wait for age races. And I think he went to a new level during that Tassie carnival with his turn of foot. But then um, obviously he went to Sydney and he was first up at a Theo Marks behind Golden Mile. But he was stiff not to win that race. Ryan Maloney took the ride there. And David Perez jumps back aboard and knows his horse really well. Um, um, what's David telling you, mate? Oh, mate, he, he, I, I think he's bubbling as much as the horse. Um, yeah. As I said, he knows him inside out. But the interesting thing with him, at home, he's, he's, uh, he can be very naughty. I, I think he's just cheeky. Yeah. But since since we've been here in this sensational property where we are, of course, um, he, he's been very professional in everything he's done. Yeah. And you're at Bong Bong at the moment with Kira Ma's place, um, which he, of course, rents off racing New South Wales. And we've seen pictures and talked to Kieran and David about that property. It is, it is like, oh. it's a five-star hotel for humans, let alone horses. <laughs> exactly. I sent a video to a few mates the other day and I said, well, that's, I think that's six star. We have to put up with five, you know? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no, it's, it's special. There. And, and this, this little, 30, we've got a 1300 meter hill track here. It's, it's a bloody beauty. And what, it's a big day for Tassie Sport as well. This would be a massive coup for Tassie Sport if your little fella can, can win an Epson on the biggest stage or one of the biggest stages in Sydney racing. Oh, mate, it'd be massive. And I mean, I can't believe how cocky Perez is. He, he yeah. thinks he can win it. Like, oh. I won't allow myself to think like that, you know. But anyway, that's me. Yeah. I, as I said, I'm, I think I'm a bit out of my depth, but I'm bloody sure this horse is not. No, I, I reckon you should enjoy it, mate. You, you've, you're helping out the family and um, you, you've had a wonderful career yourself, John. So it, it would be great for Tassie if you can get the job done with this horse. Who, What a career he's had. Like he was too small to purchase at the sales from the Brutton camp. And then they did a wonderful job with him. As a four-year-old, he won a silver eagle and then it, it all went wrong in a golden eagle. And then he looked like he was finished. And then somehow they've got him back. And I don't think I've ever seen him better. Um, he's got a big heart with a passionate, big group of passionate owners. Um, he's a terrific story, your horse. Oh, uh, look, it, it'd be a right books on him in, in time. You know? He, yeah. um, Scott and Tegan have done a mighty job with him. And look, I don't know. Scott seems to reckon he's, he's, he's improved this time around to what he was before. So who knows yeah. where he's going to go. Well, mate, it's exciting. Who, like eight-year-olds aren't meant, to, aren't meant to do what he's doing at the moment, the inevitable, and he's at bong-bong, and you'd be thinking, what the hell, like, how good's this? Um, <laughs> and so from from a seven-mile beat isn't bad, let's be honest, but I think it's an upgrade a little bit from where he's, from his home. So he, he'll, be, he'll be loving life. Mate, um, we appreciate your time, John. Go and get them and do it for Tassie. Um, this is why we all love racing stories like this, and he's got... He's got some yarn to tell the inevitable. So we wish you the best of luck. And 
Um, same with David. This is a big opportunity for him. He's been a superstar riding in Tassie for so long, but now he gets to mix it with J-Mac and, and Tommy Berry and the like. He, it's, um, it's, it's game on for David as well. Oh, and he's so relaxed at this stage. Um, he did he did fizz up a bit um, at the barrier draw. Yeah. Um, but no, look, he he's, he'll give it his best shot. Yeah, that's all we ask for. Hey, well done, mate. Thanks for your time, John, and go and get them on the weekend. All right. <coughs> That'd be nearly my retirement. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. Well, it would be some way to go out. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> Thank you. Johnny Keys there. So he's he's been given the late call up from his daughter Tegan and Scott Brunson. We all know what they're going through at the moment, but he's doing what all old mans would do to help out his family and um let's hope he can win an Epsom with the inevitable. Bear Robertson and the team, good people, really good good racing people in that horse. Um you know, I know that they've probably gone through a little bit some um tough moments with this horse, especially of recent times, but it's a I think you think about the horse and the journey that he's taken you on and you come together and you cheer home the, the, the little fella in an Epsom and you do it for your state and one another and you can tell your, tell your grandkids and your children in the next 5 to 10, 15, 20 years that you own this little horse that was knee-high to a grasshopper and he took on the very best with the local jockey on, in David Perez and Johnny Keys came to train at the, the last minute and you won an Epsom. Yeah, against all of the odds. Um, and I think he can do it. Jeez, he's a big price. 8.36. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of it, still plenty more to come. We've got uh, Mark Walker. We'll head to New Zealand to catch up with Mark. And Robbie Heathcote to talk about his superstar galloper in Rothfire. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. As I mentioned before, if racing at a stock market, you could buy shares in organisations. I tell you what, Tiako Racing is an organisation I love to buy shares in because they're absolutely flying at the moment. They've set up their base in Australia now at Cranbourne. They've got a brilliant group of young horses coming through the ranks in New Zealand and they're trained by a genius in, in Mark Walker and he joins us now. Good morning to you, Mark. Thanks for your time. It's a big weekend for... Tiarco once again at Imperatrice. You're happy with the way that the draw has come out and um, with that smallish field as she heads back to the Valley at the Moyer on Saturday? Or Friday night, I yeah. should say. Yeah, everything's gone touch wood really well. So obviously the only question mark is just running a 1,000 metres again, but yeah. uh, we just wanted to sort of stick to weight for age racing rather than set weight penalties. And she, uh, so that was the reason for going another thousand. In the perfect world, you'd be going eleven, if not twelve hundred. But it is what it is. Yeah. So I guess that's a concern for the punters. They all probably see her win like she did and give a giga kick wind burn there after they they swung for home at the valley. But giga kick did do all of that work in the middle stages, and the pace was on. It was probably set up perfectly for her. Um, and then staying at that 1,000 metres once again to keep the spring in her step, has that been difficult to do? Uh, it was just a little bit maintenance work and just yeah. just keeping her nice and fresh like she was at the beach yesterday and uh, just had a swim this morning. So it's just been a matter of just keeping her fresh enough 
uh, to go another thousand metres. So, uh, but I think the draw sort of helps a little bit too. Shouldn't get hemmed up in the fence. Should should be able to get out and get rolling when she needs to from that draw. I think. And so yeah, we can't see. Um, we can't wait to see what she can do again in pair of trees in the Moya Stakes. And then we've got Zurion, who is a filly by Sue Star, um, having her first start in this country. She's unbeaten in New Zealand. How good is she, mate? Uh, she'll make a really nice filly when she's going a mile, just whether they're a bit slick for her over 1,200. Uh, it's very difficult, isn't it, weighing up New Zealand form yeah. versus Australian form, especially two-year-old form. But we think she's a nice filly with a good future. But just, just whether they're a bit slick for her over that distance on Friday night, we'll find out. Now, Bet365 should be having a market on whether Opie Bossom can get from Mooney Valley Friday night to Hastings in time to ride Tokyo Tycoon, Mark. What odds are you giving him? Uh, he's not going to ride Zurian now. Uh, okay. Have to make the flight back for Hawke's Bay. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, he's just going to ride in Peritrice and then hike it to the airport to get back in time to, uh, I think he gets in at 6am into Auckland and then he's got a flight to Hastings at 8am, I think. So, yeah, it'll be a pretty pretty tight run for him. Yep. So, how is Tokyo Tycoon? No, he's really good and we possibly could end up on a heavy track down at Hawke's Bay, the way the forecast is looking and the way the rain has been. So, it doesn't sort of worry him. He's one on heavy at, at his home track at Manamata, um, so it won't it won't worry him. Um, no, nah, he's really well. He's come back in good order. Doesn't doesn't do much track work or in his trials, but he just seems to save it for race day, and and then he sort of brings his A game out on race day. He's a beauty, the inevitable. We just had a chat to Johnny Keys. He's the same. He's he's only small, but boy, he's got a big heart and a wonderful turn of foot. And so, yeah, we can't see, can't wait to see what Tokyo Tycoon can do as well. And can you win the Arrowfield at Group One? Aromatic and Campionessa, both at big prices, taking on horses like Legato and the like. Yeah, if, if it's a heavy track, I think the the whole complexion of the race changes and uh, Aromatic's got really good wet form and and I think uh, Campionessa's just coming back into it at the right time. She's She was just a bit big in condition early on, but uh, that run first day tightened her up nice and... Uh, uh, I wouldn't ride her off, that's for sure. All right then, mate. What's your best for the day outside of Imperatrice? Sorry, I just lost you for a what's minute. What's your best for the weekend, mate, outside of Imperatrice? Oh, I think it's a horse at Reckoning called It's It's Business Time. I think she's a yes. high-class mare that'll be hard to beat. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. Keep on doing what you're doing. Good luck on the weekend, Mark. Thanks very much. Appreciate there's, it. There's Mark Walker. Robbie Heathcote joins us. Rob, good morning to you. Um, how's things, mate, with Ross Fire as he goes back to, to the valley over 1,000 metres in a Group 1? Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Um, I was at Flemington this morning and yep. watched him work, and he, he just looks a picture of health. He's glowing in the coat. He's got a, His second-up record's probably equal to his fresh record first up, so he's got a reasonable record over 1,000, so we're... we're Confident that he'll race well. Uh, I just said you're offside of there. I said tell Mark Walker to scratch him. <laughs> well, well I, I guess it's it's a challenge for Mark as, as much as it is a challenge for you as well. Is that, geez, they ran some time there in the McEwen, 
And your horse has proven that he can get over trip to like a 1300 like he did in the Stradbroke. Um, how big of a challenge is it to make sure that he's got that sprint in his legs still over a thousand metres second up? Well, we've, we've kept him fresh and, and it's a good question, Gareth, because that is indeed the challenge. Um, after his after his great run, we popped him up to, you know, you know, I stay with uh, the Hayes boys, Ben yeah. and JD and Will. We popped him up to Euroa for a few days, just a bit of R&R freshen. Uh, he's come back in. We haven't had to do much with him. You're right. I actually think his ideal perfect distance is 1,300, even 1,400, which is a Stradbroke trip. So it's just a challenge to keep him nice and fresh. And uh, barrier one, I, some tell me that that can be a hindrance around Money Valley, as Pookie sometimes call it. But um, uh, the way the race maps, we're going to be just in behind the speed and the rest is up to Blake just to get out at the right time. Yeah, with the rail and the true, sometimes barrier one can be a little bit difficult, but um, some, like I know Cool and Gatter led all the way and that's what you wanted there the other year or last year, barrier one. So who knows? Um, uh, it's the quickest way home anyway from an inside gate. Before we let you go, have you got a winner for us at Eagle Farm on Saturday, mate? Uh, well, I've got uh, I've got a smart little horse called uh, Ekaterina. Yes, she, she had a fantastic three-year-old year. She banked a lot of cash, but she never really took on black-type status or the good horses, so to speak. Um, she makes her return to racing as a four-year-old. Um, she runs well on Saturday. I might even whip her down to Sydney for the Silver Eagle. Good idea. I know you've been talking here up for a little while, so that's race nine, horse number five. Uh, Eka, um, Ekaterina, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, well, she's my Russian revolution, yes. so I just I wanted to call her Olga, but that was taken, no, so yes. I had to go with the Katarina. Well, <laughs> well, go, well, Robbie, go and get them this weekend. As I said to Tony, we wish you the best of luck with the Lions and the Broncos as well. I've got my Lions cap on right now, yep. mate. Go the Brisbane Lions. Good on you, Robbie. You're a bloody sensation. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Gareth. Robbie Heathcote there. So, race nine, number five, Ekarina, and also, of course, uh, Rothfire, hard to beat in the Moya. Let's take a break, and we'll wrap up this first hour here on Giddy Up. Always great to catch up with this man. He is the head trainer for Godolphin in this wonderful country of ours, Australia, of course, and he joined us. We're lucky to have him on this show. James Cummings, hello to you, James. How was your Thursday morning? Thursday morning's been pretty good, Gareth. Yeah. I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm looking forward to having a little talk to you about our upcoming runners this weekend. Pericles, first of all, it must have been heartbreaking to have to take him out of the Epsom, and he would have been awfully hard to beat. Yeah, that's a shame, and look, you've got to take the good with the bad, but he uh, he just had he just had that setback there Tuesday morning, and other than that, other than that, he just had the perfect prep leading up to that Epsom, so... Um, Anyway, thankfully he's a he's a he's still a healthy horse. His spring's not over. Um, the boys back at the farm are delighted with him. Um, uh, and and is there still a chance? There's still a chance that I, uh, you'll see that horse in the uh, in the Silver Eagle because okay. uh, because he's uh, his spring. Yeah, he's like I said, his, his spring is um, his, his spring is not over yet. I know Blake Shin's a genius, and I don't think I've ever seen Blake Shin, the boy from Kilmore, ride better at the moment. And Dominic Byrne, along with yourself, can work out a plan. But Barry, 21 and an Epsom, um, you'll have to be bloody good, James. Well, he will have to be. 
good horse, but you know, so he is a good horse. Yes, the horse is. Uh, he's two out of three over sixteen hundred meters. Uh, he's he's a he's a winner at the Randwick Mile on a good track. Uh, he's unplaced. He's unplaced. Finish in the Doncaster. Well, it was very heavy that day, and uh, and of course he's a he's a he's a Caulfield Guineas winner who gets into this race with fifty five kilos. He's meeting a few of the horses that he has to beat pretty well in at the weights, and uh, I think you know I think he's a genuine I think he's a genuine chance in this year's Epsom. I love the way he went about winning last time, and uh, yeah, look, Blake's got his work cut out for him, but. It's not important. It's not impossible for widely drawn runners to win big races over a mile at Ramwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the assignment that he's got before him. I loved having a chat to you before Golden Mile's last start victory, and you said, Gareth, I just need to get him into the contest once again. Know that know that he's in a race um, and give him some confidence. And you oh. did that by putting the blinkers on. How much confidence have you seen him after it's been? It was a nightmare start to his preparation, but how much confidence? Has he gathered from that winning experience there the other day? Gareth, he's got all of it. Mm-hmm. The horse has not gone backwards since he won. He just kept improving. He looks, he looks fantastic. He's as good as he, he's better than he's looked all preparation. And uh, you know, I, 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 um, I just think he needs to be ridden right to, you know, to get the full sixteen hundred meters. That's, um, that's for sure. But. Things can things can unfold for that horse uh, from out there, and I could see the horse running a big race. He certainly got the turn of foot required to be a competitive Epsom runner. So, um, so in a year like this year, I uh, I feel like Golden Mile is a very good chance. Talking about getting a Golden Mile, let's hope that Tom Kitten. Well, he looks like he'll just lap up the mile after his first couple of runs. Are you happy with him as he heads into a dulcify? Yeah, I, I am. I'm delighted with Tom Kitten. He's um, he's had he's had the right preparation. Uh, he's, a, he's already a Fernhill handicap winner. Uh, it's a big effort for a two-year-old to get up and win over 1600 metres. And uh, now with the two runs under his belt since, with very good form, you've seen horses come down to Melbourne like Griff that have got mm-hmm. Tom Kitten form and uh, and perform well. Uh, there was nothing wrong with the form of the Ming Dynasty, having enjoyed watching the Golden Rose on the weekend, and. Uh, and he's ready. He's ready to step out to 1600 metres now. Big, big field. It'll be an interesting race. Uh, but our, our Tom Kitten is ready to charge to the line, and uh, and he he, uh, he can be one of Harry Angel's leading yeah. three-year-olds this season in the uh, the interesting battle for the second season size premiership that's unfolding at the moment. Oh, I love watching those size premiership battles. Um, they're fascinating to watch, James, and um, um, they. They keep me up on a Saturday, so I try and, you know, got my notepad out and I jot down the results. I say, geez, Harry, um, Tom's lifted for you. And I'm just trying to work out, say, Tom, he's, he's well up in the market in a Caulfield Guineas. It's going to be one of the most um, um, special and vintage Caulfield Guineas that we've seen for quite some time, James. Which way are you heading with um, Tom after this? Well, we're going to get through the weekend first. Yes. Uh, we've, we've kept, we've kept uh, Tom Kitten's hopes alive in the Caulfield Guineas. Miller Fry's was, um, he was so impressive, storming to the line in the Golden Rose. I think Stepati won like a horse that had no right winning, but he just, he just, he finds a way and, uh, and, and there's lots to like about that horse. So there's, um, so then there's the rest, there's the up and comers, there's the horses coming out of the Bill Stutt tomorrow night and these horses coming out of the Dulcify from Sydney. So, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of play out, it'll be interesting, but, um, but on the same day, of course, there's a very suitable race in Sydney for gloaming. Yes. On uh, 
on uh, Everest Day. So we're, we're uh, you know, we're we're prepared to keep him in Sydney if we think that's the right way to get him ready for the Spring Champions Stakes by the same token. Now, you got a couple of nice chances in a Premier Stakes. Now, we all know, James, that your horses trial like Learjets. Um, we all know that. Um, um, and Sapoteo trialled nicely before a first-up effort. Um, how has she trained on since then? And this is a tough assignment for her over the 1,200, but she does get J-Mac aboard. Well, Zapatero's flying. Uh, I really think she's going well. There's, um, there's, there's a slight suspicion I did have going into the first up run that she might have tried a little too well mm. in the week leading up to that race. Uh, but nevertheless, Sunshine in Paris was extremely impressive. Um, I know we've lost her from the spring, but you, know, you look at that horse, she's never stopped improving, and she came out of that golden form line uh, in the, uh, in, in the, um, the three-year-old Phillies group one against, you know, against In Secret, for instance, uh, the prep before. Uh, and, uh, and well, you know, wow, Espiona was, was impressive and the figures stacked up behind her in the, uh, in the golden pennant on the weekend. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot to like in the form coming out of that Scirocco, uh, in, um on the ninth. And, uh, look, we feel like our mare hasn't gone backwards and six miller rain, Ranwick overnight, not going to hurt her chances. She just had the track perfect. And Zapatero should be running a, a very, very good race there. It's interesting there because I thought Chris Waller definitely, and he mentioned this after the race, that Espiona would be a lovely horse maybe for an Everest. But I don't think the connections want to go down that path. But when you have a look at that Chiraco form, and especially if your man can deliver a good performance on Saturday, um, the Chiraco form line could be a handy enough form line for a race like an Everest. Have the connections of that horse definitely said no? Well, I don't know, James. I'm just, I had, um, I had, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to give away my secrets, but uh, Mr. Moldcaster, who joins me for a Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast every Wednesday, I know you would love it and listen to it on the way to the to the farm, but um, I don't know. I just, I was just reading between the lines. Maybe they're not that interested, James, but you might know something that I don't know because I had James Harron on the show the other day as well, and. He tells me your negotiating skills are very, very good. Well, you have to thank Vin Cox for that. He's the he's the agent. He's the uh, he's the when it comes to doing the deals, he's the maestro. So I stay out okay. of his way, and I just train the horses. But uh, it's kind of James to say that, and I'll have to catch that podcast with Guy Molcaster. I'll yep. I'll chase that up. But uh, no, no, I haven't got any I haven't got any inside scoop. But she did run very well in the Golden Pendant and. I'll take your word for it. So they're going to have to keep the keep searching far and wide for a, for a runner in their slot then. Yeah. And a Thalric at 100 to 1, B. Shin rides. Your, your thoughts there? Well, look, it's interesting. A Thalric got beaten four lengths and and, and, uh, and probably he probably got cost a, a, a length or a length and a half when he got buffeted there with a, with a 150 to go in the shorts. Uh, he can lay up on a, on, a sl- on a soft speed in this race. And he can he can give a bit of a sight, but it's going to set him up well to be a runner's chance in the Sydney Stakes a fortnight later. So um, I think I think he's uh, I think he's going to acquit himself a little better than he did first up, and he's still improving. At the Valley Friday Night Aristic, he was scratched I think the other day, but he gets D Lane first up, middle gate over the twelve hundred metres around the Valley. Your thoughts there? Well, he's an interesting horse. He's a stakes winner in Adelaide as a two year old. Um, unfortunately, he just had a little mishap on the way down to Melbourne 
to be uh, to be ready to go in in, the, in that race there first up. So we had to scratch him. That would have helped get him ready for this race tonight, uh, tomorrow night. I beg your pardon, but um, but he's been you know he was forced to miss it. I've jumped him out since, and uh, and he's been to the valley for a gallop. But uh, look, it's not easy going into races there like this where there's a bit of form around. With, you know, with horses like uh, Mahaba and Armed Forces, it's um, it's a bit hard to go into it off a setback, but. Uh, if we run if we run in there, then 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 you can be um, you can be sure that we're quite happy with the horse. Is Reggie and the team happy with Sandpaper, um, or is Sandpaper? Has he just been sent down that highway recently to to Melbourne? If he goes around in that third race there over the twelve hundred metres, he's also first up, the son of Snitzel. Sandpaper's going all right. He came off the track at Flemington this morning, feeling pretty good about himself. Brad uh, Rawilla was Brad um, was happy with the way he felt and. Uh, now, that horse has been, you know, as you know, he's been trialled up in Sydney. He's been, pre- he's been prepared out of the park, and uh, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be storming he'll be storming into the valley, ready to run a race fresh. Yep, I love that sandpaper. They tell me I had some spies. Reggie's just been in fine form in that Flemington hut as well. He sort of, it's it should be the red Reg Fleming hut in a way. I reckon he's 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 the stalwart of that organisation at that hut. Um, they call it I tell the, you what, if there was a if, if they get if they gave out any awards for diplomacy, yes. then he would be he would be winning that winning that every year. There's there's three huts there at Flemington. I think they call that hut the hut of knowledge, the middle hut. <laughs> um. I, it's, 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 it's possible. I don't know for sure. No, but I think it's quite possible. This is the only hut yeah. out of the three that has the Bet Easy Miller's Guide yeah. sitting on the desk. <laughs> They tell me Bart used to just dom- they tell me Bart used to dominate the crosswords there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the, qu- the daily quiz you dominate. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the daily quiz. I should know that. Yeah, um, that's another story for another day. I, I was just thinking, just off, what would Bart say if horses trialed too well? You don't, you don't win tri- you don't win races at trials, James. Did he have a saying there? I know that he used to say you don't win Melbourne Cups, young fella, in in July. One year. Best trial you've just about ever seen was was Gold Edition. Yes. In the week leading up to a good sprint race at Flemington. Yeah. Um, Swick Swick lay away, beaten about <laughs> seven lengths. Uh, Swick won the race. Yeah. And not Gold Edition. <laughs> we might have to have a, a Bart coming saying every time we join you. Um, um, inhibitions. <laughs> this is a good filly, and she meets a, a nice group of fillies there on, on Friday night as well in the Scarborough Stakes. It's a good meeting at the Valley for a Friday night. Oh, it's terrific! This is a good race again. But Inhibitions has got the uh, she's got the she's got the the good runs next to her name. I like the fact that she's uh, she's arriving here as a fit horse, and uh, I'd, I'd expect I expect her to run well again. That the um, she sort of. She feels as good now as she did when she first arrived down here from Sydney. So um, yeah, so we're pleased to pleased to hear that, and I can see her I can see her running well. But it's from that barrier, it's important that she does get a good run in the race. I somewhat suspect that um, if a horse like Ulanova yes, um, can just can just sort of from the from from a position in that speed map bring us across somewhat then we'll be we'll be all right but um she's probably one of the keys of the race but there's good there's good pressure there's a few horses up there you and over be one being one of them and inhibitions if she can just get that nice run 
get a good drag into it and the valley's playing nice and fair on the night, mm-hmm. then, uh, then we can expect the inhibitions to be making a solid charge at the line as a competitive chance. And love to get your thoughts before we say goodbye on Sadozi. Um, we all know that she's got plenty of ability, this filly by King Men, but it hasn't gone quite right for her, this preparation. Um, is this a confidence-boosting, hopefully, type of run come Sunday there at Sandown for her? Yeah, you're all over it. She needs to run a race mm-hmm. because uh, she's gone missing in two runs back. They've been hard races, um, but she's just been running no race at all. And uh, as you can imagine, she's been training a lot better than that. So uh, this will be a wait-and-see race for her on the weekend. Uh, but we find found, we feel like we found the right race to do so. Panalone looks tough to beat with McNeil aboard there at Mornington on a Saturday. You don't miss much. No, we can't afford to these days because it's, it's competitive Jay Cummings in this world to get Cadolphin on, you know. So you've got to make sure that you, you impress the team and um, um, ask all the right questions. Yeah, we're, we're quite pleased with that horse. We, we, think he'll, we think he'll be running a race. All right, then. I like it. And um, you must be over the moon, mate. And congratulations. Cylinder into an Everest, in secret into an Everest. Um, exciting for the stable there. Two strong chances there in a few weeks' time. Well, they, the, the, the Everest for us this year is a very important race. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and we've, we're, look, we've, got, we've got in secret there our two-time Group 1 winner who's been building up to the race as a target race. She goes into the race... Uh, um, she'll be going into the race fresh off that, uh, off that solid run in the shorts. She's crying out for six furlongs. Um, up, to, you know, up to weight for age. It's perfect for her. And... Uh, I just I pray for a decent. I pray for a decent barrier. I think it'll be important for her. As for as for Cylinder, well, he's uh, he's he's the X Factor Brigade, really. Cylinder, he's yes. come out of the Golden Rose, dropping back in distance. Um, he won the jump there. Uh, he's a sharp colt, and he's going to bring into that race uh, a huge amount of potential. And and that's and, and that's and that's how you could envisage Cylinder winning the Everest. Because he's got that, imp- he's just got that improvement in him, and he's got that three-year-old wait, wait for Ajax factor behind him. So that's uh, that's that's an important race for Godolphin this year, and it's uh, and it's one where we where uh, we have just got to look forward to. Yeah, I'm just thinking innovation. You know, um, you've got Cylinder, a three-year-old Zach Lloyd. He gets an opportunity on the on the biggest stage of all. I've just got a feeling, and geez, I don't think he could go too much like. Any better there the other day, Cylinder? I've just got a feeling it could be his Everest if he draws well. I like the way you think, yeah. but I tell you what, if uh, if if In Secret stormed home and claimed it, oh. even when the race looked all over, would you be that surprised? I thought I, I, I'm saving In Secret. I reckon she's a Dali Sprint horse down the straight. That's her okay. race this prep. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to try and take Dominic's job, but that's what I'm thinking, James. I, it's it's always a pleasure. Now, the big question is, has the driver recovered from his back injury? Like, there was a lot of questions when we had Jason Walsh on the show the other day, and he, he doesn't have a driver. And I know that James Harron tried to get in the deal that he had to have the driver for at least two weeks leading up to the Everest as part of the deal with the slot. But um, you wouldn't let the driver go. Um, so can you give us an update there, James? Morning. Good morning, Gary. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. We thought you were out to the paddocks for good, um, driver, but you're alive. Well, they, they put me on a bit of rehab, and I'll, yep. I'll tell you something. They, they said I'd, I'd do four sit-ups and then yeah. lie down. 
Now, we want you to make sure that you've been, um, um, you, you're making sure you're looking after your health and you're off the darts and that. So, um, so we, cause I don't think that's good for the back. All right. So have you, has the driver got an opinion? Have you got anything for us? Because, um, I've, and the text messages are flying through now. Um, they're, they're happy to hear your voice driver. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. I'd, I'd uh, yeah, I'm going to tip a horse on the weekend. It's, it's, uh, but you, you've already sort of suggested that Pantalone would be hard to beat at Mornington. All right, then, Pantalone. We'll just um, we'll jot that one down. And Jai McNeil yeah, needs to get the job done. Who you? Who's your? T- I know you're you're a Wallabies fan, um, because you're a private school boy. We all know that. So, what about um, who wins the NRL? Oh. Penrith will be too strong. Yeah, all right. In the I was very disappointed with those um, Australian two Giants. They didn't do much good overseas. No, they were, they were disappointing, Eddie Jones and the like. But um, anyway, um, rugby's just flying <laughs> at the moment, that sport. We all know that. Just the, the last one before we let you go, um, driver. If I gave you $10 and um, said, can you just invest something in the Everest for me? Would you go de- Would you go down the path of the mayor or would you go that three-year-old? I know you've got a soft spot for that three-year-old cylinder. Yes, he was our, he was our Willy Wonka chance, he wasn't he? He was, he was. But, well, I'd go for the mayor. Yeah. All right, then you stuffed me up there. I thought you'd say cylinder. And the other job we've got for you, make sure those two-year-olds that'll be just working up that hill there nicely at the farm, just keep it. Make sure you get your pen ready and um, let us know. We've got the new stopwatches too. Eight of them arrived yeah. last week. Eight new stopwatches. Well, you make sure that Jimmy looks after you. You get that back brace. Make sure you stretch up and um, say thank you to James and the like there at um, Godolphin. And we look oh, forward. The driver better. The driver better go on my phone. I think the cops have checked. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, no, Gareth. No, Gareth. He's um, he's good at directions. He's like he, the first, the first, the first morning he drove for me. He just he just knew every back alley in Sydney. He said, yes. I bet you. He should have actually never been this way before. <laughs> but anyway, the one thing he's not that good at is remembering names, you know. So he, you know, he's been on your show like you know a thousand times, and he keeps calling you Gavin. Yeah, that's so I it. Said, Why don't you stop calling? Just call him G. Just call him the G. Yeah. So the when G. he's on the now when he's on the show, you're just the G, all right? Yeah, G man. Uh, lucky, lucky. You're part, you're part. You're part of the club now. Yeah, I love it. Um... Geez, I get a bit nervous once he has a chat to Ruta then. <laughs> we'll, move, we'll move on. Thanks for that, James. All right. Thank you, James. Thank Thanks, you, driver. Um, 9.25, Chris Roots, of course, uh, the superstar journey that um, um, the boys love as well. So we'll take a quick break. 9.26 now. Is it time for a break? We go on to the news. Oh, we better take a break. Quick smart.